The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. Coming up, we have reaction to Ireland's win in the Six Nations against Italy. Moss Finn will talk us through that one. Cork Mogie recorded an important win today. John McCarthy was there and he'll join us with all the reaction to that. He's also going to discuss the big doubleheader tomorrow. Cork Hurlers taking on Westmeath and a crucial game for the footballers against Limerick. Also, we're going to hear from Cork football captain Brian Hurley ahead of that. So make sure you stay tuned. Cove Ramblers continued their winning start in the first division of the League of Ireland last night. Cork City unfortunately tasting defeat away to Derry. But we will hear from Cove Ramblers boss Shane Keegan. He'll give his thoughts on another victory for Cove Ramblers. That's all between here and seven. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock on the big red bench on Cork's Red FM 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch at Big Red Bench on Twitter. Uh, Kerry and Armagh, it's currently halftime, six points apiece there in Tralee. Uh, definitely not jealous of uh, a big uh, Kerry crowd there in, uh, in Tralee. It'd be nice to, to have seen that one. Nice weather as well, big crowd in there um, after spotting a fellow there as well in the crowd. So uh, uh, yeah, it looks like a good old occasion. Um, anyway, let's jump into our Premier League full-time uh, scores before we get any further. Arsenal, important win for them away to Leicester City. I think Leicester City had not points, not one of XG. Now, some people probably laugh at XG and they'll re much into it, but it's that's fairly poor. Uh, it was 1 0 to the Arsenal, as we'd hear from Frank Watson. Leicester City nil, Arsenal 1. The only goal of the game scored by Gabriel Martinelli early in the second half when he cut in from the left and slid the ball past Danny Ward in the Leicester goal. Other than that, few chances. Aaron Ramsdale in the Arsenal goal didn't make a single save. Leicester occasionally dangerous on the break, but always taking the wrong option when well placed. Arsenal dominant in possession, pretty comfortable throughout. Danny Ward made a couple of good saves to keep it at 1-0. It was a good away day for the leaders. And as the visiting fans reminded everybody throughout the last few minutes, it finished 1-0 to the Arsenal. Nearest challengers, Man City can narrow the gap again with victory at Bournemouth. Just going to give. It was 1-0. It's 2-0 now to Manchester City. Uh, Alvarez with the first and Haaland with the second. Um, later, Liverpool play Crystal Palace um, at 7.45. No early game today. Bit of a strange one. Obviously, League Cup final tomorrow as well between Manchester United and Newcastle. Uh, United with a massive win midweek against Barcelona. So we'll see if they can keep that momentum going um, against Newcastle. Right, West Ham 4, Nottingham Forest nil. Guy Swindles was there. West Ham 4, Nottingham Forest nil. With 20 minutes to go and having hit the post twice, West Ham must have been worried they were going to get nothing out of this match. But then Danny Ings struck twice in three minutes, both close-range finishes after excellent build-up play. And then there was a third goal from Declan Rice, curling it in from the edge of the penalty area. For the icing on the cake came from two substitutes as Fournals brilliantly set up Antonio to head home the fourth. Forrest had had their moments until that moment of madness when Danny Ings went wild. West Ham 4, Nottingham Forest 0. Yet 
the second half still isn't underway actually it started 10 minutes later as well there was a delay I'm not sure why it was supposed to start at 5 started at 10 past and this is a really really long half time seems strange but anyway the sound turned down obviously so I'm not exactly too sure what's going on but it seems a bit strange anyway uh, Everton nil, Aston Villa 2 Shane Pennington Everton nil, Aston Villa 2 and Sean Dyche suffers his first home defeat as Everton manager after watching his side squander numerous chances before they were duly punished Neil Mope twice and Amadou Anana were the guilty parties before Villa took the lead from the penalty spot just after the hour mark Emi Buendia brought down by Idrissa Gay and Ollie Watkins fired home from 12 yards and it was Buendia himself who killed the game with the second taking in John McGinn's pass on the left hand side of the penalty area before firing past Jordan Pickford from 12 yards it's a first winning four for the visitors while Everton remain just a point outside the bottom three Everton nil, Aston Villa two and in the battle of the new managers Leeds beat Southampton 1-0 here's Adam Jury a junior Firpo goal has given Leeds a crucial 1-0 win over their relegation rival Southampton. The Saints tried to withstand wave after wave of pressure and Leeds looked like they were going to be resigned to another winless game as they failed to break them down. But in the 77th minute, Harrison laid the ball to Firpo who slipped the ball with his right under Bazunu's body into the net as the new boss, Javi Gracia, secures Leeds' first league win since November. Full-time at Ellen Road. It finished Leeds 1, Southampton 0. All right then, Ireland in a really open game, getting the victory in Rome in the Six Nations, 34 points to 20. Here is the full-time report from Ashling O'Reilly. It's full-time here in the Stadio Olimpico. It's Italy 20, Ireland 34. The atmosphere has been electric from start to finish. Italy have continued to play with a lot of confidence in the second half, very pacey, causing problems with Ireland managing to hold on. But there was a lot of sloppiness. The Irish scrum was under pressure and there's been no real flow to their play. It has been quite frantic as Italy wanted to run everything. Paolo Garbisi kicked a penalty to bring the margin down to four for Italy in that second half. We thought Bundiaki got in for his second try, but it was ruled out as he lost control and knocked on. And earlier in the second half, Ireland had three opportunities to take points and they chose not to. There's been poor game management from an Irish point of view at times as Italy grew in confidence. But Ireland, they emptied the bench, bringing on that experience of Peter O'Mahony and Conor Murray. They started to move the ball better. They went back to basics and finally Mac Hansen got over for his second try. Conor Murray exceptional in making that happen. Jimmy O'Brien and Jack Crowley come off the bench to make their Six Nations debuts. Mac Hansen picked up the man of the match. Credit to Italy, they've been fantastic, but it's another Ireland bonus point win. Full-time, Italy 20, Ireland 34. All right, Moss Finn is on the line now to react to that victory for Ireland away to Italy in Rome and the Six Nations. Uh, Moss, we're just discussing there how open a game it was and entertaining. Um, was it a bit due to Ireland being below par also? Uh, possibly. Um, possibly, but it was extremely exciting. It was a very exciting match. A lot of mistakes, both sides, with both teams having a goal, basically, running from everywhere. Um, in soccer, parlance, Ireland kept their shape really for the first half with the exception of the score just before half time but by and large we, 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 we kept our shape which was the main thing under in chaotic sort of situations where the Italians are running from behind their own line and we were missing first up tackles and if you miss first up tackles at this level you're going to suffer but it was end to end stuff edge of seat stuff I mean wonderfully entertaining and again I suppose we showed that we can pull up with adversity, make mistakes, and still we have the strength and depth, even when we're, even having been short seven or eight first 
teamers to actually deliver and win because it was a very difficult game against a very strong Italian team. Yeah, Italy, it's, it's incredible the, the upper curve they're on compared to even two, three seasons ago. You know, today there was... Like, I think a lot of it is the discipline from them as well. Like, they're one of the, the least penalised teams, I think, in the Six Nations this season so far, which is the complete opposite of where they were in, in seasons gone by. It, it, absolutely. I think they gave away their first penalty today after 24 minutes, like, which is incredible, given what happened in that 24 minutes. Um, they've, the Kieran the, Crowley, the, the man, New, New Zealander, the coach, has has started a new system of playing which they're using in training all the time and it's it's a hundred percent stuff it's 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 fast it's flourishing kind of rugby it's a new system and the, the Italians have bought into it and the crowd bought into it apparently on the tickets sold out there during the week whereas that hadn't been the case here to Paul but so I, I think Iman Crowley has an awful lot to do with it but they have yeah. some very good players as well do you know they, they Capuzzi there the the, 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 the full back the winger Bruno, they're absolute rockets, like, and they've bought into the the system of you know play what's in front of you and keep moving, keep moving the ball. And Crowley has certainly revolutionised Italian rugby. Yeah, and as well, like I mean, people were talking about them basically not being involved in the Six Nations any anymore going forward. You know, uh, maybe a relegation sort of type thing uh, scenario for Italy. So it's uh, good. To, obviously, no win on the board for them, but it's good to see them being much more competitive. Like. We're discussing that type of play and Ireland initially certainly had similar style to play today. Like you said, want to keep the game going, want to keep the ball in play. Is rugby starting ever so slightly to edge back towards what it was from, you know, what it was traditionally, not going in, not seeking contact, trying to avoid contact, whereas rugby in the last 10 years has, has become, you know, let's run into tackles. Now people are trying to avoid tackles again and keep the ball going. Absolutely, rugby was was invented to put the ball under your arm and, and and run. That's what rugby was all about, and it had gone away from that big time in the last in the last seven or eight years. I think mainly through the influence, perversely, of rugby league coaches. Even though and Andy Andy Farrell is a rugby league coach, but the initial rugby league coaches that were involved were all about defence, 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 and they actually coached the flair out of players yeah. but that has that has completely gone out and it's, I think it's gone back to the old way where as you say players are asked to like in our time we were always told to head for grass at all at all costs but no in, in, up to the up to this year a lot of it was just pick and go and get across the advantage line and keep picking keep going whereas no we're inclined to run the ball a bit wider and that was epitomised today, actually, and the gain to be got from it by the Italians, perversely, in that we were very vulnerable in the outside channel there between uh, between Lowe and Bundiaki, and the Italians attacked that 13 slot and, and did it very, very well. And that was the old way, a couple yeah. of missed passes, and you head for the space out there, two-on-ones and score. And that, that was epitomised, particularly by Italy today, and we were found very much wanting in defence there, Ringrose was a big loss at outside back yeah. because he and Lowe obviously had an understanding but there was a complete disconnect between Bundiaki and James Lowe and the Italians flourished as you say going for the grass going for space Yeah like just to I suppose nitpick Ireland a bit more like obviously they did get the job done in the end uh, Ross Byrne also at 10 like for me watching it as, as you know just a kind of amateur reader of the game like is, is he like he didn't really stand out for me is he really the number 2 to Sexton do you think? 
Um, I do. Um, he, he's not the kind of player that stands out because he's just he's just a pivot. People play off him. He doesn't kind of do a whole lot himself, but he, he orchestrates and times the pass at the right time. And to be fair, I, I thought he did quite well overall in, in, in that he he timed his passes very, very well to the men outside and putting fellas into the gap, short pass, long pass. He's an innate footballer. He's obviously dead slow, which you could see that he was absolutely burnt by Bruno that one yeah. time down the left wing. So he's not a very athletic fellow, but he's a big presence at 10. He does tackle and he does distribute well, but let's be fair, he's no Johnny Sexton. He's no yeah. Ronan O'Gara. Um, Jack Crowley, when he came in, had nice little touches, but he needs game time. He needs seven or eight internationals if we're going to start them at 10 in the World Cup. So at this point in time, Ross Bourne is, is number two. Isn't dynamic, but he's what you'd call a safe pair of hands. Craig Casey as well starting. Great to see from a Munster point of view. How do you think he did at nine? I think he did extremely well because it was a chaotic match and he was he was getting man and ball a lot at breakdown. We, were, we weren't that clinical and he wasn't getting very clean ball but I think he upped the tempo for us because we had to get up to speed. I think he did well. I thought he was intelligent. I thought he was clever. He got a bad box into his yeah. Adam's apple. But I thought overall he had an excellent match. And not, not understanding the fact that when Murray came on, Murray showed fantastic maturity in calming things down and getting us over the line. Like, And it just shows you he's had a rough time in the last couple of weeks yeah. with his father and the cycle accidents and all that. But Murray, like, is, I'd say... We, you know, he he'd definitely be on the team sheet. Yeah, the timing uh, of that, the timing of that substitution was was huge, wasn't it? He came in just at the right time, didn't he? He does. He, he he's excellent like that, and he can't it down. He, you know, he has a look. He's he's looking at where they are. He's looking where we are. He's slowing it down. He's talking to the ref. He got a penalty for us there near the end by suggesting something to the ref. And he he's clever. He's been around the block. He's over a hundred caps, and he did very very well. And I think Casey did well as well. Like, but. You yeah. need the two of them. You need two or three of them. Yeah. But Murray, Murray is very mature. I, I couldn't agree more. Excellent. Brilliant in the build-up as well for that that final try. Mac Hansen, of course, with two of them um, getting the job done for Ireland. Really, he was the match winner in the end and uh, two very important tries. He is, and he's a very industrious winger. He just, he just doesn't stay out on his winger in, on, on the right wing. He doesn't stay there. He's floating around. He's going over to the left. He's coming outside the out half. He's going outside the inside centre. And I thought he played very well and he was given man of the match there by the Italian television crew, and I, I think he deserves it to a degree because in, in attack and defence, he's always looking and finding and seeking, and he, he, he's, he's what I call a busy bee of a winger, and he, he did very well, and he, Murray did extremely well, as you say, getting in behind, and then Hansen had a lovely step to go under the sticks, and it was, it was great to watch, and I can tell you, it was a very important piece of play by Murray because we were still under the gun at that stage, and that was the first time you could really say, well, we're there. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you saw the post-game interview as well from Mac Hansen, which was quite funny. He seems like a great character, obviously, an Aussie as well, and even his story coming to Ireland, playing for Connacht, is uh, is quite entertaining. But yeah, those characters are important to have because we see a lot with, with, with sports people, I suppose, in every in every code now. They're so, they can be a bit robotic at times, you know, he seems like a good character. I, I couldn't agree more with you. All professional players, even like in soccer, and you see them interview that for matches, and it's always, you know, it's always saying the right thing. Yeah. The, you know, the, the right thing all the time. And um, Hanson is a breath of fresh air. He, he, he's a lively individual. I think his mother's from Kerry too, maybe. I'm not sure. But, or his great-grandmother, whichever. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's Irish. And he, he, he's a breath of fresh air. And, as you say, off it. But, and certainly honest. And that, that's great to see. And that's why 
that's why Andy Farrell is such a fantastic man and I hate I'm probably repeating myself saying this yeah. right, but he gives the team the freedom of spirit to go in and express themselves and if they make a mistake well and good you know Bundyaki made them but it, 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 just do things and if you make a mistake fair enough but recover from it because like, and have the freedom to go forward and do things positively and Hansen certainly um, enhances that idea just to finish up, um, sad news yesterday with the passing of Tom Tierney from Limerick. Obviously, he played with Munster, played with Connacht, um, the Leicester Tigers as well, I think, and uh, le- leading yeah. the Ireland women's team to uh, Six Nations in 2015. Really sad news. It was, and a great man, you know, he's only 46, like, and he was he was one of the old brigade, and I, I remember him when he played for Gary Owen, was coming Gary Owen in my lifetime, would be would be all, 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 all old rivals in Munster Senior League, yeah. Munster Senior Cup and all that, but a fantastic talent taken away too young altogether very very sad for himself and his family and I got to know him a little bit there when he was coaching Cork Con and he was always very easy to talk to in the bar after and he was an excellent coach an excellent player and it's just a terribly sad thing to happen to a to a man of, of, of that age with two young kids Absolutely our, our thoughts are certainly with uh, his family at a, a very difficult time Mosfin. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you about that. I'm sure we're going to be talking again as Ireland continue their drive for a Grand Slam. Uh, thanks a million for joining us on The Bigger Bench. Thank you very much, Aidan. Yeah, Moss Finn there. Always great to chat to Moss about uh, about Ireland, about rugby, about Munster. And uh, unfortunately then, I suppose, uh, uh, I suppose sad news that we were discussing towards the end of that chat about Tom Tierney. Uh, incredibly sad to, to lose somebody at the age of just 46. And uh, like I said, our thoughts are with uh, family and friends at a very difficult time, no doubt. It's eight points to seven in Tralee in favour of Armagh against Kerry in the National Football League. There's 46 minutes gone there. And and, of course, a uh, big day tomorrow at Parky Cueve in the Allianz Leagues. It's Cork versus Westmead, the 145 in the Hurling Division 1A. And then a massive game in Division 2 of the National Football League. It's Cork versus Limerick. It's on at 3.45pm. And now we're going to hear from the Cork captain, Brian Hurley, ahead of the game. All right, we are delighted to be joined now by Cork senior footballer Brian Hurley, who has today teamed up with Allianz Insurance to look ahead to the weekend's Allianz Football League's action. For only the second time ever, the outcome of the Allianz Football League has a direct impact on qualification for the GA All-Ireland Senior Football Championship, heightening interest in the competition. And Brian, I suppose it's as good a place to start as any. Um, The fact that this league campaign is so important this year uh, for Cork, especially in Division 2, it's such a pressure cooker. And we know that Cork want to be playing for the Sam Maguire Cup. And I suppose that's why Saturday is, is an incredibly important game. Yeah, it is. And um, this weekend is, is big for us, like, you know what I mean? Um, probably, you know, farm pretty well during the league so far, but we only have one win out of three. So there's going to be a bit of pressure on this weekend um, as Limerick come to town. And look, we have to be on our toes. Have you replayed that chance at the end of the Dublin game in, in your head at any stage since Sunday? It was an incredible save from David O'Hanlon in goal. Yeah, I've looked at it a few times to see if there was anything else I could have done. Um, just, you know, I suppose, you know, it's, it's off instinct really. I just, you know, had a quick look in and there was there was probably more Dublin bodies in Cork I could see. So my only option really was to take a shot and... Look, sometimes they come off and sometimes they don't. Um, and in fairness, it was a very good save, you know. The run as well is really good, like, you know, off the shoulder. 
one of many goal chances as well that you created. How much of that is instinct between yourselves in the forward line and how much of it can you work on in training? Yeah, like I think, you know, the, the you know, when you get to know a player and you know know what foot he is and you know you get a better relationship, you understand the way he plays and he kind of gives you an advantage ahead of the defenders. Um and something, you know, we're a very close group and um I think you can kind of see a bit of a clicking on the pitch at times and yeah, I just got a loop off uh, Corbett actually it was and you know, I just understood that he was he was gonna cut back to me. So the more the more you, you play with a guy and the more you work with him and you get a better understanding of it, it makes life a bit easier on it. Um but no, I suppose hindsight we still we still lost, if you know what I mean, and that adds a bit of pressure to, to this weekend's game. Yeah, I think it's something that has been maybe spoken about, you know, the sort of the moral victory and the fact that, you know, there's there's not really any time to be taking those moral victories out of it, but still like that 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 performance must still give you loads of confidence going into what are huge games now for the rest of the league. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, like, you know, I think we learn an awful lot out of the game. Um, you know, I think we took two goal chances out of maybe six, five or six goal chances in total. We had 15 wides, I think we did. Uh, we were out of player for 12 minutes. Um, so there's a lot of good and bad things. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, fixing the things that we did poorly and improving on the things we did well as well. Um, and that should, you know, make life a bit easier on the day. But, you know, it's easier said than done at times and depending on how oppositions and whatnot set up, um, it can be slightly different. But, um, yeah, look, as I said, look, the reality is we've, we've won without a tree, so um, we we need to, you know, fully focus in this weekend and be ready for Limerick. Do you know when you're having a game, let's say, you know, Sunday was certainly that day where you were on fire, you know, how quickly do you realise that when you're out on the pitch? Um, yeah, like, you know, it, you know it's, it's, it's probably a good question, to be honest, because, you know, if you're not having that day, you know, you know, you probably know it a lot more if that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, in your head, you'd be saying, geez, I missed that shot or I didn't get on the ball or I got blocked down. It's kind of like, you know, it's how you can kind of, you know, like even the last day you were saying, yeah, like, you know, I might, a few things went my way, but I made a good few mistakes during the game. Like, you know what I mean? Even, you know, at the end there, I had a crucial chance to, to put us up one and, you know, it was probably the easiest shot of the day and I put wide. So, you also have to look at your own game and see how you can actually improve it a bit better. And uh, but yeah, it's it's a mental thing too. Like you know what I mean. If you do if you do something wrong or it doesn't go away, you have to you know you have to just forget about it and get on with the next ball as well. Like you know, was taking the freeze a part of that as well, or was it always a plan that you would take the freeze in the day? Um, yeah, no, I think Sherlock's are a free taker to be fair, and um, Sherlock just went off, so that's probably was my job then, if you know what I mean. Um, but. Yeah, they're obviously, you know, that's just a, that's a small job. Um, you know, they're, the lads probably won most of the freeze anyway, so um, it's your job just to put them over. You were marking, well, for, for most of the game, uh, for, for a bit of the game, you were marking Michael Fitzsimons, obviously, like an incredibly talented cornerback man with plenty of All-Irelands in his back pocket. You really relished that battle. You had a great battle and you probably came out in the, you came out in the better side of it, to, to be fair. But, uh, when you're, when you're coming up a go against those backs and like even in Division Two, you know, it's probably not something you'd expect. It's great to be playing those battles at this time of the year. Yeah, yeah, 100% in fairness to Mick. He's, he's a very honest defender, like, you know what I mean? We'd actually a bit of crack during the game as well, like, you know, we were chatting away at each other, um, which, you know, you kind of like that side of it, like, you know. Um, but, yeah, look, he's he's an incredible defender what he's done for the game himself, like, you know what I mean? I think he even has, I know he's six All-Irelands himself. Um, but we had a good battle, like, you know what I mean? But 
every day you go, you're going to have battles like that um, on top defenders. And as you say, it's, it's just lucky to be getting it this time of year in February. You get a taste of it for, for later on in the year, please God. When I look at uh, John Cleary, I see a man who's really enjoying the job at the moment and all the elements as well. I think he's he's even starting to enjoy us after the game in the, in the press conferences. <laughs> but uh, it's it's definitely showing in the team as well on the pitch. Um, you know, some of the football being played, the direct passing, uh, the kick passing, it's brilliant to watch. And I imagine it's the mindset and atmosphere that can be as important as any tactical instruction to players. Yeah, look, John, John's, John's all in. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's, you know... If you, if you do something wrong, he'll definitely let you know about it. But the other side of it, he's great crack and always you not know, crack a few jokes. Like so, it's good for the team. And you know, I suppose he's the boss man at the end of the day. Like and you know, um, but you know, he, he definitely mixes it up right. But when you know, when it is business time, he, he's really focused, and you know, he makes he makes it very clear what what is needed uh, on the pitch. Um, so yeah, look, 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 we've a great we've a great setup. In fairness to that, and look, the team is. The team is, is very tight at the minute. Um, there's there's a there's a nice panel there, and fellas are just pushing each other, and there's a lot of competition. So I think all that together collectively helps helps the whole whole process. I suppose one negative over the past couple of weeks was the injury to Carlo Mahoney, which personally for him is very disappointing. You know, scored one one against Kildare, and then won a Sigerson Cup, and unfortunately picked up the injury in that. Um, look for the panel as well it's a massive loss not to have him he's such a an explosive forward but personally for him as well it's disappointing and you just hope that he's back on the pitch as soon as possible yeah 100% like you know I, I know you know he's like he's he's a serious player like you know what I mean and you know it's 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 he's going to be a big loss to us for, for the time he's going to be out um, but look hopefully we get him back for championship and he'll have a big say on on our on our on our championship this year later on the year and whatnot, but Carl's uh, really you know coming to his own. Like I was, I was only rooming him a few weeks ago in in Kildare, and like he's gone he's gone serious, strong in the gym and whatnot, and like he's going to be a big loss to us. And you know even I'm going to miss him around the place for the, for in training and stuff because you know he's been keeping me on my toes the last few weeks the way he's been playing and stuff. So but look, that's the way football is. Unfortunately, it's cruel, and you know it's up to. Other fellas to step up, you know, Dino, John O'Rourke, uh, Fionn Hurley, uh, Conor Corbett are only itching to get in there. So we we have a good, strong panel and the bench has been forming very good. So, you know, in the in the business we're in, it's, it's kind of next man up. But I've no fear, um, Carl, of doing the rehab and, and, and having a big say on our, on, our, on, our, on our success later in the year, please God. Someone on the pitch that looks to be a really important part of the forward structure is Brian O'Driscoll and the last day as well he didn't get a score but involved in so much and I imagine a man that you are you know using your playing off him and he's really important as that sort of maybe linchpin in terms of you know linking that that transition from defence to attack as well and like his presence around the pitch was huge on Sunday like that's massive for you I imagine in the forwards especially when things are difficult when you know a guy's going to be able to get on ball and create that that opportunity for you then yeah definitely and you know, I, you know he's he probably does a good bit of running for me as well on the pitch to be honest which he covers my man a lot um, but no like you know Brian is you know he's he's a, a good freshness to the group um, you know he's a taste of it you know a few years ago he knows what the intercounty scene is like but he came back and he set the benchmark in terms of fitness levels and whatnot with us. So, um, you know, so far so good for him. But look, it's early days for us all, to be honest with you. Like, you know, it's still only February and there's going to be a long season there yet. So, um, hopefully, like, you know, as I said, the bench, there's a lot of lads knocking the door there. And 
there's there's no team finalised, so it's going to be going to be an interesting few weeks and months ahead. And um, no, as I said, the competition is only healthy. Limerick on Sunday. Then, obviously, we mentioned it's a vital game. In in a way, is it good to have that sort of pressure to keep the squad focused, even this early on? Like we said, we know where Cork want to be come the summer and and what competition they want to be playing. And obviously, Sunday has a massive bearing on that. So, is that pressure is is that good for you in terms of training and then in preparation for the game as well? Yeah, definitely. Like the the more experience you can get out of the league, the better. And the bigger games, you know, you'll stand to later on. So. Look, let me know what Limerick are about really and if we know it's not going to be an easy game like you know what I mean you know we had a great battle down the park last year um, and I'm sure it'll be no different this Sunday coming so we just need to be fully focused in our own job um, and you know when Sunday comes we know we'll be in for a battle 10,000 people on Sunday I imagine there'll be more than that hopefully next Sunday as well with, with uh, a double header it must be great for you to be walking out onto the pitch you know plenty of noise the last day Big Cork Road, you know, plenty of young guys there as well, making plenty of noise and uh, riling up the doves as well as they're walking out the pitch. But you must enjoy that as a player. Yeah, definitely. Look, that's you know, especially you know, Cork Road in, in Cork, like you can't beat it. That's where you love playing football, um, and you know, all your clubs and you know, family and stuff will be there. So and that's it's very nice to see, and you know, you can meet them after the game as well and stuff. So yeah, look, look at the end of the day. Look, at, you know, when you're actually playing, you don't take too much notice of the crowds and stuff like that, but. Definitely, you know, when, when the crunch moments and touch moments come, you can hear them and that definitely has a plus. And so looking forward to the weekend, as I said, and hopefully, as you said, it'll be a big cock road there to, to cheer us on. Brian, it's, uh, it's been great to talk to you. The very best of luck on Sunday and for the rest of the season as well. Thanks very much, Ed. Appreciate that. Great to chat to Brian Hurley there during the week ahead of a huge game tomorrow against Limerick in Division 2 of the Football League. Before we go to a break, uh, just a quick grad. There's a lot of uh, spam messages and stuff on our Facebook pages at the moment. So uh, just to remind everyone that you'll only ever be contacted through verified pages. Uh, basically, if, 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 we're, if, if the station are ever going to contact you, it'll be through verified pages. So make sure you don't interact and report all of those uh, spam pages and uh, pages impersonating the station and uh, other presenters as well. All right, we're going to stick with Gaelic Games after the break. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee, you're with you until 7 o'clock. It's nine points apiece now in Tralee in the Alliance Football League between Kerry and Armada. 61, almost 62 minutes gone there. All right, it's half time between Man City and Bournemouth and City lead 3-0. Here's Alan Seabrook. Well, it's Bournemouth now, Manchester City 3. City controlling the game, controlling possession and on top in terms of goals. The first coming on the fifth. 15 minute mark Gundogan with the ball over the top Foden getting the shot away it broke loose for Haaland his shot hit the crossbar and came out where Alvarez knocked the ball into the back of the net 14 minutes later it was two Ake delicious ball down the line Gundogan this time the man running in behind his cross to the far post didn't find Foden it did break for Haaland and he hit the ball into the back of the net then right on half time a third goal for City Billing with a ball poor ball from Bournemouth right across the edge his 18-yard line. Foden was there, latched onto it. One touch to control it, a second to finish. We have a half-time scoreline. A ball with nil, City 3. 
Yeah, and elsewhere it's Crystal Palace versus Liverpool at 7.45, Mike Lawrence reports. Liverpool have played Champions League football for the last five seasons, but have a lot of work to do if they're to get there again. Their inconsistent campaign was highlighted in the midweek home collapse to Real Madrid. But Liverpool arrive in South London on the back of successive Premier League victories, and Crystal Palace manager Patrick Vieira thinks it's the worst possible time to be facing the wounded animal. Palace haven't won a home league game since October. It's Crystal Palace v Liverpool at Selhurst Park. All right, a big win earlier on for Cork against Clare in Division 1A of the National Camogie League at Parky Rin. It ended 219 to 110 in favour of the Rebels. Jeremy McCarthy was there and he spoke to uh, manager Matthew Toomey after the game. Matthew, first of all, congratulations. That's a good win. Two, two wins back to back, some good scoring. But what, what, what's your big takeaway from today's performance? Um, I, I suppose today what we really look for again after Clare's result last week like you know it was, it was probably great for us that we didn't get um, we were just afraid of being complacent and that didn't happen today like I think we, we started off very well I know there was a stiff breeze there but um, like the first quarter after in the second half I thought we were very very good we just wanted to really kind of instead of them getting a chance to get a kind of bit of confidence we wanted to put the game away and I thought the players did that very very well just our movement to the ball like we got 219 I'm, I'm sure we left another 210 after us as well which is to you know to, like obviously we still have to work on but you know I was just delighted we never let up um, every time they scored we came up the field and scored when they got the goal we got a great score straight after so these are kind of like small things but they're massive things as well in the, in the scale of things um, ball through the hand was a feature of today as well you were preaching out from the sideline move it quickly move it fast yeah. and then the killer ball into the forward line um, that's something you want to see a lot more of as the league goes on 100% um, I suppose look we, we know the players inside out we're, we're, we're dealing with a long time um, we're trying to play a system that suits the players we're, we're, we're a very fast team so we just have to use that just get the, the ball to the player in the space and run and we did that to a, a, a good effect today um, again as, as I say like there's still tweaks but, but look you have to compliment the players and, and the work rate today and, and the way they executed the game as I say 219 again is, 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 a, is a great score again uh, using a lot of the panel as well a lot of subs coming Ali Smith getting a fortunate goal but the likes of these young players know the, the advantage of playing them in the National League you strengthen your depth of your squad which is crucial heading into the Championship Absolutely um, as, as we know like we're after four injuries we know two injuries today like they, they happened last week so like you need a panel um, you, like, they're not there for a token gesture like, otherwise we'd have a full 30 odd players with us but we, we just want the quality there they're showing us in the games they're coming on um, like we were very very happy with the subs that came in again and like they're, they're getting confidence you know there's, there's some of us a big step up even Marla Callan there and in the game she started like but you know it's, it's just about getting confidence and you know like there's a lot of players calling the ball off when, when she should be making her own decision herself like there was a score on the first half and that's that'll come with confidence like and, and, and experience so that's what we're gaining at really yeah Matthew Toomey there speaking to Jeremy McCarthy after Cork's win against Claire Jar also spoke to player Amy O'Connor. Uh, Amy O'Connor, congratulations. A second consecutive National League win for Cork and you're back on the scoreboard again, taking your goal particularly well. But um, overall, just very pleased with the way Cork played today? Yeah, I'm very pleased. Um, I suppose we're trying to work on some new things, some new players coming in, some old players coming back. Um, so I'm very pleased yeah, to get the win today. Yeah, when you look at the players that weren't here today, players that are currently injured and you see the players coming off the bench and making an impact, that's got to be good for Cork going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Orla Callan is in a certain 15 again this week. She's so good to play with. I absolutely love 
same with her and um, then you the likes of Eva Healy coming off the bench another exceptional talent so no we've got girls that are injured and you know they need to come back but in fairness the girls that are that are in there right now are doing a really good job um, the movement of yourself Orla and Sarsha McCartan today was really impressive and the ball into when it was good you managed to pick off some good scores this is a decent Clare team that have always given Cork problems so that again shows the progress it's early in the year but progress that is being made yeah there's huge progress being made and you know even myself I'm learning a lot from Orla Callahan's movement which is great um, so yeah we're trying to work on some new things Orla was brilliant today and so was Sorsha and you know um, when we're all singing off the same hymn shoot it's really easy to play with um, in terms of looking ahead you got Tipperary next so you've had a good win over Dublin a good win over Clare but Tipper going particularly well they're up the top of the league now as well um, a bigger test again yeah definitely a bigger test and we're away now next week we've had two home games yeah. so it'll be a huge test for us but one that we're looking forward to and just finally from, you took a bit of a knock there but everything's okay you'll be okay for the next day yeah everything's good thank god yeah uh, just a bit sore but yeah I'll be perfect next week you take a lot to knock you over <laughs> listen Emmy well done thanks a million Ger. All right, Ger McCarthy is on the line now. Ger, you were just at Parky Rin for a big win for Cork Mogi against Clare. 219 to 110. Yeah, in a very, very comprehensive victory for the Cork Senior Camogie team. They're second in a row after beating Dublin uh, at MTU the previous week. It's two wins out of two in the very Camogie uh, National League Division 1. Uh, as much as Matthew Couture we could ask for, considering there's a lot of players out injured, a lot of players that he's been bringing on, a lot of young players have been introduced over the last two games. Um, the the scoreline is a fair reflection of a game in which Cork were in control of uh, at half time they were 12 points to 5 ahead and they had missed quite a lot of chances they missed an equal amount of chances in the second half but they picked off uh, two good, well, one good goal from Amy O'Connor and a very fortuitous goal near the end as well uh, to round off a good day's work and remember this is a clear team that took Cork to two periods of extra time in last year's Munster final not at the same pitch today unfortunately um, but that's because Cork I think their work rate and their effort and their scoring ability all over the pitch got them to victory and Cork exactly where they want to be after two games before they hit to play Tipperary. We've discussed at length our uh, our frustrations at the venues that some of these games are being played in this year in both the Ladies Football uh, National League and the Camogie National League so it was nice to see this game being played at Parky Rin. Yeah, I mean uh, this is this this is the bare minimum that I think an intercounty Camogie player should 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 be looking for should look to play on. It's not always the case, unfortunately, but there's quite a demand on on the various grounds around Cork. Um, thankfully, today, like well, we were in TU last week, we're in a park hearing today, um, and obviously we're going to be going in Mallow tomorrow for the ladies football, for a very important game against Donegal. Um, the one thing I think people were saying at this match, and we have to say that Aidan, is the uh, Trevor Coleman's Cork Intermediates played earlier today. They got their uh, National uh, League Division campaign off to a very very good start a fast side victory over Tipperary ratcheting up uh, I think it was 4.20 in doing so so that was at uh, Castle Road I mean a double header here at Parker Ring might have drawn a bigger crowd but look um, good to see the Cork teams uh, Camogie both the seniors and intermediates doing so well and as I said to you like a lot of the Cork uh, Cork senior team at this time of the year no Ashling Thompson no Pamela Mackey today um, quite a bit of a change around in the team uh, but it was good to see Molly Lynch she played in goal today instead of Amy Lee played a full game couldn't do anything about the goal her distribution was very good and getting a, a full National League game under her belt will do her confidence to world of good as well but I think the other good thing today about Cork as well as the intermediate win the manner in which Cork won Aiden, um, it's two big wins now it's two home games granted they're going to be a much tougher test next week against Tipperary 
But the the full forward line today, I have to mention, Amy O'Connor, Orla Cahalan and Sarsha McCartan, their movement, their finishing ability, um, they really, really look good. They're starting to click even at this early stage of the year. Uh, if they can stay injury-free, um, I think this is a forward line that's going to cause defences a lot of trouble come championship time. Long way to go to that, obviously. But at this stage of the of the early stages of the league, I know Matthew Toomey is as pleased as he can be considering um, he's got a lot of players he's been introducing, like Kate Wall, uh, Aoife Healy, um, you know, Ali Smith, uh, you know, those kind of players have been coming off the bench and making an impact. And that's important because Cork are going to need a full panel this year. It's something the players spoke about afterwards. The days of having 15, not even 20 players to call upon are now long gone. The likes of Kilkenny, the likes of Galway, the likes of Tipperary, um, you know, when they're fully fit, you know, they, they have a lot of players that they, they can call upon. So Cork are in the exact same boat. So look, two wins out of two, a uh, good bit of squad depth there now as well. And hopefully they can just build on that. Yeah, and it's a great start to what is a huge weekend for Cork GA fans. The doubleheader in Parky Cueve tomorrow. Um, we're going to have all the reaction on the big red bench after those two games. Um, I suppose let's look at uh, Cork versus Westmead. Uh, throwing is 145. Um, exciting for uh, Ethan Toomey and Ben Cunningham. They're going to make their league debuts. Two players that a lot of people have wanted to want want to see, and obviously maybe injuries and everything else has has delayed that that introduction. It's actually it's a good time for them to be coming in though against Westmeath when Cork are playing so well and have you know two wins from two already as well. Yeah, and I think that's the key point. And bringing them in at the right time, Pat, Pat Ryan obviously needs to take a look at them. But they were two players that really stood out for the Bars last year. I mean, the Bars are a star-studded team as it is, but they were two of the young players that that really made an impact, um, certainly in, in the county championship. And look, if if you want competition for places, if you want Cork pushing on, they need players of the, of that quality. Um, certainly, to me, definitely his his performances. You know, you'd be looking for him either of those two players to try and nail down a starting place. Not an easy thing to do considering how well Cork have been going um, it's a big day tomorrow for them obviously Westmead Cork won't take them lightly but considering the opposition they have played already um, they'll certainly be expected to win that game and yeah. win that game well um, I would say though that uh, I saw a lot in the Limerick games even pre-season this year and in the Limerick in the National League as well that gives me hope for the Cork hurlers this year but that's all I don't. I think sometimes you know, if Cork get into a fantastic run in the league people can actually lose the run of themselves a little bit it's something Pat Ryan has mentioned in all of his aftermatch interviews, look, you just got to keep things on an even keel, especially when it comes to the Cork senior hurdlers. There's huge challenges that lay ahead later on in the year. But, you know, momentum and getting into the habit of winning games is, is never a bad thing. And in fairness to him, coming in to the job like he has, he certainly so far hasn't made any mistakes and hasn't had any, any mishaps whatsoever and that's as much as you can ask for it's still very very early in the, in the year and in the league and I think the two players that you mentioned there um, bringing those two players in I think we'll see a few more hopefully before the end of the league campaign as well to give Pat Ryan every option come the Munster Championship because again just like the Camogie just like ladies football you win nothing these days without the depth and the quality and the strength of your panel um, the starting 15 will not be the finishing 15 to get you over the line and I think these are two good players or two young players. They certainly won't be overawed by the occasion. And it's a good point that he's bringing them in for a home game at Westmead and giving them that opportunity to bet in and an opportunity to show what they can do. Um, and look, I, I, I've, I've no doubts the Cork should win tomorrow. I think if they, should, they should win by a wide margin if they're on form. But look, getting three wins out of three, I think if you'd offer that to Pat Ryan at the start of the year, I think he'd, he'd have taken your hand off. 
Yeah, really exciting full forward line as well. Shane Kingston, Brian Hayes and Shane Bart. So you would hope there's uh, plenty of goals in that Cork side tomorrow and hopefully uh, a big performance as well. Then uh, at 3.45, it's a massive, massive game for Cork football mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. Two points are so valuable tomorrow and like Cork just need to win this game. We've seen them do lots of things really well. We've seen them do things not so well. Tomorrow's just all about winning. Exactly, and look, un- unlike the hurlers um, and unlike Pat Ryan, uh, John Cleary doesn't have the luxury of chopping and changing and bringing in a lot of new players. He has done that to the panel, but he's picked the same 15 from the from the last day out. And I think that's significant because um, the footballers have to have a good league campaign. If you don't have a good league campaign and you finish up at the bottom end of the table, then you are utterly reliant on your provincial championship performances and getting to a provincial final to make sure that you get through to contest the Sam Maguire because anything less than that and if Cork were to fail to reach a Munster final after a poor league campaign then they won't be in that they'll be in the Talton Cup so there is a bit of extra pressure that wouldn't normally be there at this time of the year for John Cleary and his players but Limerick are always a sticky team uh, when Cork comes to play them they're always a difficult team to break down they're well organised they have been under Billy Lee for years when he was the manager um, they certainly are not overawed by playing Cork anymore I think that's gone that's gone a long long time ago physically strong and look what have they got to lose I mean there is a bit of pressure as you said on Cork tomorrow and it would be interesting to see how Cork handled that I think a good start is absolutely vital and like the last day as well what you saw with Cork when they got a run um, on a couple of scores like Brian Hurley was making a lot of good runs in behind and in around defenders and he was making the scores stick now granted Dublin ended up winning the game but I think the fact that Cork played uh, an opponent of that quality coming into this Limerick game will actually be a big bonus to them had they, been, had they played Limerick, had they not played somebody like Dublin beforehand and been forced to really go for it and you know play a full throttle 70 minutes that was played at, at times at championship intensity, you can't put a price on that at this time of the year, Aidan. And I think that will actually be a real bonus for them. I expect Cork to win it, but I don't expect it necessarily to be pretty. And why, why I say that is that I think Limerick will go defensive and I think they will look to counter-attack. It's done, it suited them well in the past when they've come to play Cork um, and they certainly have the pace up front that might trouble the Cork backs. But look, a settled team I think is no bad thing either. Um, I know I didn't expect too many changes to the starting 15. I know that, that's what we've been told. I yeah. probably put an asterisk next to that as you know yourself from Richard Vigitra Coaching Managers. Who knows what will be there before the throw tomorrow. But I think, to be fair to John Cleary, he needs a bit of continuity. He needs to build momentum more so than the hurlers, as I said, because there's more at stake in the league campaign than there is uh, for the hurlers at the moment. I think John would probably like to experiment a bit more, but he just doesn't have that position. He's not in a position to do that at the moment. And the other thing is, I suppose, with the college competitions now finished, he's had a good bit of time with the players, more so than he had in recent weeks. And that should be significant too. But look, I think if Brian Hurley can repeat what he did against Dublin and get a bit of room and, and, and knock over the freeze if Stephen Sherlock can bounce back from an off-colour performance yeah. I don't think there's any reason um, why Carr can't win this game but look it will. It may not necessarily be as straightforward as some fans expect it to be just having seen I suppose there was a lot of good positivity around Cork despite losing to Dublin. A lot of people were happy with the performance um, and the fact that we were within the, the width of a post of actually snatching it. But the reality is in the league, like Limerick need the points as badly as Cork do. They're exactly in the, they're exactly the same boat. If they have aspirations to get and contest an All-Ireland Championship, they need to get to a provincial final in the summer if the league campaign doesn't go well for them. And for, because of that, Aidan, I think the stakes are high tomorrow. It could be a tense, tight game to start with, but if Cork had a run on Limerick and if they make the runs and they could if they deliver the quality ball into the forwards that they did last 
against Dublin, um, I, I can't see them losing. Yeah, and like it sounds like they're really embracing that pressure that's on them as well. You know, they know well what's at stake. So, uh, uh, it sound the sounds are are good. You know, he's talking to Brian Hurley during the week, and uh, which we've just heard now on on the show. And like he's he really is taking this all in stride. Like they know how important these games are from a wider point of view. It's great to see this double header in Parky Cueve. Mm-hmm. This is what the stadium is there for. This is why it was developed into pretty much. Second to Croke Park, it's the best stadium in the country, in my opinion. It might be even maybe a small bit nicer than Croke Park in a way. Like it's a bit more modern, I suppose. Um, but this is this the there should be a great crowd. Like every Cork fan, this is these are the games they want. Even though it's so early in the year, like uh, you know, it's it's a great occasion. Hopefully, it should be. And I think, as you said, having a double header in such a fantastic um, setting, um, I suppose the big thing is for kids that as many kids as possible come in they add to the atmosphere and they certainly add it to the atmosphere what yeah. we have we 19,000 for the Limerick game we had over 10,500 10, for the last football game against Dublin and you know having that atmosphere at this time of the year in league games when a lot of those players don't through the years Ed, as you know yourself they'd have been playing in half full stadiums um, with no atmosphere and it's very hard to, you know it's very hard to be supposed motivated in the middle of all of that that won't be the case tomorrow I do hope the, the supporters that do come along stay for the full two games yeah. I think that's important because the footballers probably need the support and the backing a little bit more than the hurlers I'm not suggesting the hurlers don't but I think because as I've outlined there's a bit more at stake for the footballers it might be that bit more tense so look I certainly have enjoyed the atmosphere reporting like yourself for Red FM in, in that stadium because the atmosphere for National League games this time of year it's brilliant and, and the players do respond and it's 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 no bad thing. The more games you get to play at Parky Creeve, especially for the younger players that are coming to the panels, the better because this is where they're going to be playing when the, in the in the white heat of an intensity of championship comes summer. It's not that far away, provincial and hopefully all Ireland championships. It's never a bad time to play there. So yeah, I, I would hope as well because of the the um, the arc. Uh, this, the the big day tomorrow as well for the double letter and what what the car players are doing uh, for that very very worthy cause and that you yeah. would hope that a huge crowd would turn out as well. But besides all of that, um, I think Cork I expect the Cork hurlers to win and I hope the Cork footballers win. I think they will win as well. Um, but having a decent crowd there shouting them on and adding to the occasion will only help them. Absolutely, Jer McCarthy. Thanks a million for all of that. Uh, big win for Cork in the Camogie and looking forward to a big day tomorrow. Thanks a million for joining us on the show. Talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, Jeremy McCarthy there uh, running the rule over all of the action uh, today and what might come tomorrow, as Jeremy mentioned there, of course, uh, special jerseys for both teams tomorrow in Parky Cueve um, as Cork partner up with uh, Cork Ark as well. So um, it's uh, an important day from that point of view as well. Kerry have just about scrubbed over the line against um, Armagh in Tralee. 12-11 it finished, a bit of a... Strange into the game as well. A very tight one there. And England beat Wales 2010 in the Six Nations. Cork City, unfortunately, losing 2-0 last night away to Derry City in the Premier Division of the League of Ireland. Um, look, a big game next Friday night. Uh, back at home at, uh, at Turner's Cross. Uh, just trying to get the fixtures up at the moment, which is proving quite difficult. UCD next week. So uh, hopefully uh, Cork, can, uh, Cork City can get their season on the road uh, with a win next Friday night Patrick McElhenney and Jordan uh, McIniff with the two goals either side of half time uh, last night for Derry City Cove Ramblers continued their winning start they defeated Wexford 2-1 in their first home game at St. Coleman's Park Tiernan O'Brien with another goal and then Dale Holland 
uh, adding a second to win it for Cove Ramblers. John O'Shea was there and he spoke with uh, Cove, Ramblers, Cove Ramblers manager Shane Keegan after the game. Shane Keegan, um, you must be a happy man after that. Two wins over two. Um, what was your assessment of the game tonight? Yeah, very happy. A little bit hoarse, um, but very happy. Um, yeah, it, it, how do you sum that game up? Um, I thought we were very, very good. I thought we were very good and I thought we were full value for the three points. I think we made it harder work than we needed to. Um, you know, Lukey had a couple of brilliant chances there that he'd be annoyed at himself for not taking. Um, Wilson, Jack, both had half decent chances. Um, yeah, I thought we created an awful, awful lot. And I don't think we coughed up a huge amount either, to be honest. Um, but yet, because we didn't take our chances, you're then left with a situation where if you run into injury time, at least Stacey pulls off an absolutely outstanding save. Yeah. Um, Pierce also put in a superb tackle at, at, at one stage to, to get a last-ditch tackle in to save us as well. So, like, you know, they will possibly argue that they should have got an equaliser at the end. I'll argue that they shouldn't have been in the position to get an equaliser at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even, like, uh, even some people are saying that Wexford could be even dark horses even for the for automatic promotion with the squad they have. Like, so, I mean, it was a, it just goes to see how good a result that was to me. Oh, absolutely. And, and I wouldn't, I know, I know they'll be in, you know, disappointed with their start, but I wouldn't be ruining Wexford out of, of maybe not being top two, but I think, I think, you look at the strength of that Wexford panel and squad, and I think they're absolutely capable of being top four, without a doubt. I think they've got some superb players there. Um, so we knew it was going to be very, very tough. I mean, um, you know, my heart nearly stopped when I see the likes of Danny Furlong coming off the, the bench when you look back at everything he did for, for me when we were together. Um, no, they're a good, they're a good, good side. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you to, you know, to be able to beat a team of that standard and not beat them comfortably, but be the better team. I felt over the 90 minutes to be the better team. So it's not we didn't rob a victory. If you get me, I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. We didn't rob them tonight. We yeah. were we were good value for the win. So that's look, it's a really good sign. But at the same time, there's believe me, there's country absolutely nobody getting carried away with themselves. Not not within our dressing room anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Don is still love. He's still very very early days. But even at this point, it must be surely exactly the whole season's going to be fairly pleased off. Oh, of course. Oh, this is John. No point saying otherwise. Um, said to me at the start, we'd have six points from six from the first two. Given that they were both going to be very tough tests, I would have took your arm off for it. So really, really, really happy um, to be where we are. Really, really happy. And really, really happy with both performances. Again, which I, I have to keep emphasising that because, you know, um, it wouldn't be, the feeling wouldn't be anywhere near as satisfactory if we had got two jammy results. We've got two results where we've been emphasised in both games, which is, you know, really, really happy, really, really encouraging. Um, so it is. But, uh, yeah, look, you look at the brilliant result Longford had tonight as well and it's, uh, it's gone straight back into another tough one Saturday you know? yeah definitely and you know obviously the opening night last week in the league there was good crowds and that could have was replicated here tonight as well you know um, you know, some pleased with the turnover that we ended there was a good support what, do you know what the official attendance was the 1300 yeah you'd have to be fairly happy with that um, no I think that's that's good I think the top corner group made, made their, their voices heard I thought they were absolutely brilliant in that perspective we got cheered on a hell of a lot from, from behind us at the dugout as well I thought it was a really really good atmosphere around the place and hopefully that should continue to move in the right direction particularly if we could you know go and get a point or, or, or well, actually we've back to back away games now 
you know, if we could put in decent performances in those two that we were still moving in the right direction when we're back here again, you'd really hope that you could really go on better again. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe on attendance. Yeah, and it's probably like, like for the, in what's a very competitive league as well, it, it's probably going to be very important. Your home form as well, going to be very, the home games. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, definitely is. And going to be really, really important. And, you know, that our home form wasn't good enough here last year. You know, we didn't make this a hard place to come. I felt it was a hard place to come for Wexford tonight. And that's equally important. The pitch still isn't wonderful, but it's okay, um, I suppose. Um, uh, look, we were, I suppose, we were conscious of not trying to overdo it in our own half because of the surplus. But I thought our interlinking play, particularly between Willie Jack and Luke, um, at times was was absolutely excellent. And uh, what a start to the season, young Tiernan's had, you know. Oh, they absolutely. Um, no, obviously, I think Saturday next week. I think you're playing up to Longford Town. Who, um, they, they got a draw actually with Warford tonight. Mm-hmm. So, um, to be, I suppose you'd be, you'd be expecting another kind of a, a, a big content and tough battle up there next time. Yeah, and a man not living too far from here over them obviously is going to make it interesting as well um, so it is look it's a brilliant result for them it's, a, it's exactly the response Henda would have wanted um, a brilliant response to get a draw against a, a team that are you know expected champions I suppose um, so it just shows how, how tough that one is going to be for us next week but look we're in a good place and that's all you can do we've, we've, we're working really really well in training at the moment and we'll continue to try and do that we'll get more sessions into us this week and hopefully continue to build a bit of positive momentum into Saturday night yeah, Shane Keegan there on Cove Ramblers' second win of the season last night against Wexford. All right, that's it. We are out of time here on the big red bench. I'm heading to Parky Queef tomorrow for that double header in the Allianz Leagues, and we'll have updates on the at Big Red Bench Twitter account. We'll have them um, uh, here as well throughout the bull- uh, on the bulletins uh, throughout the hours, and uh, also then, of course, tomorrow from 6 p.m. on the big red bench. Rory will be here, and uh, we'll bring you all the reaction to those two massive games for Cork in the hurling and football and of course it's part two of that Breach Corkery chat as well on Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mulcahy so tune in for that tomorrow evening from 6pm uh, for now though thanks a million for tuning in uh, to us for the last hour or so Stevie G is on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM The lowest ever 